and this is a little trick that you're going to probably be surprised Uh-oh. with. In the <laughs> early days, maybe once in a while with the right brand, I would just up our rate. I like, mm-hmm. like significantly. I say, hey, no matter if they go for it or not, we're just going to walk away because I was like, I need to test this to see, right? To like test her value. I need to understand her value. And the value is determined by the marketplace. Again, Mm -hmm. I come from real estate, right? Your house is only as valuable as someone's willing to pay for it. So if it's overpriced, you're not going to get that sold. In this episode, we're joined by marketer and entrepreneur Benji Travis. In 2011, Benji began helping his wife develop her vlog channel called It's Judy's Life. Seeing the potential to create a massive business on YouTube, Benji quit his real estate job to focus 100% on creating online content. He also created several different channels, one of them being recognized on Forbes as the top 20 must-watch YouTube channels in business. This is Creative Disruption, the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your hosts, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Leaves. Welcome back to the Creative Disruption Podcast, where we're talking about anything that's disrupting the industry and also the people that's making the ripple effect in the industry. And I'm joined here by my friend, Ricky Ray. How you doing, Ricky? I'm doing fantastic. Dude, I am telling <laughs> you. To do this it's, again. <laughs> I, I love it. I just, I love it. I, I wish we could just, just always talk. And I know that you're no, super busy. I'm busy, oh, yeah. but it's like, I have so much fun. Um, I was reading an article because that's what I usually do. Is yep. like, I read a lot, like uh, way too much. And there was an article talking about social media is destroying the upcoming, upcoming generation. Like, what's your thoughts? Like, you're a father, right? Yeah. I disagree with that. If anything, I think it's optimizing um, the, the population that we have today. Yes, there's going to be some um, social um, um, consequences. You know, there's going to be, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and there, there, there already are. Yeah, um, for sure. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you really are more connected now than ever. Right. And, and yeah, there's going to be some negatives that come with that, but there's going to be a lot of advantages. You know? I, I think there was an article back in the 1800s that the telegram was going to actually destroy the upcoming generation. <laughs> there. It's like any new medium, like seriously. Well, like I remember in college, that's when texting Oh, you're dating yourself, deal. man. No, I know. I know. <laughs> this is like early 2000s. And I remember, you know, there's like a common phrase where it says you have to text yourself to her heart. I mean, you have to text to text, text yourself into her heart or something like that. Yeah. Because there was like a generational gap in, in, in our university where, you know, there are people that grew up, you know, making this phone calls and other people grew, that, you know, grew up more so just doing texts. And it was awkward. And, and, and well, it was awkward, we, like triple t- because you were too bold by making a phone call. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and so, you know, I think there's similar things that are going to be happening as, you know, um, platforms become more sophisticated, you know, maybe, you know, one day there's going to be a lot more use of VR in, in, yeah. in, in communicating and in socializing. I, I, and, and there's going to be negative consequences, but also there's going to be some advantages of being able to scale your communication. So what I want, like seriously, mm-hmm. like Elon Musk, if you're watching this, which he's not, but <laughs> <laughs> if you are, I want the teleporter and I want the holodeck. That's all I want. Like <laughs> everything <laughs> else. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> Having a teleporter. Now that would be ideal Yeah, because yeah. you know, you get the best of both, best of both worlds. It's like and destroy yourself, clone yourself, <laughs> then put your consciousness in there. That's awesome. <laughs> That's no, awesome. but like from a social media standpoint, like, like when they say that it's destroying uh, uh, the raising generations, like any new medium will destroy, uh, uh, the generation. I do believe that mm-hmm. it's just like, how do we educate ourselves? How do we protect ourselves? What do we need to do? 
Um, I, I got five kids and like we have well, very- it's a, it's a part of evolution, right? Well, it is, it is. But we have very strict parental rules when it mm -hmm. comes to social media. It's like I saw, and, and this is not to throw any of my yeah. kids under the bus, but like <laughs> TikTok, right? And I, I, I saw a couple things on TikTok and a couple mm -hmm. things on Instagram that I didn't feel comfortable with my kids posting. It wasn't nothing wrong with them. Like seriously, like I, like the world would say, oh, that's funny or whatever. And I, I approached them, I says, look, no, that, that needs to be deleted. And they're like, why does that need to be deleted? I says, well, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, is that something appropriate that you would feel comfortable for your dad seeing? And, and they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, then don't post it. <laughs> well, no, in a way, there's some advantages for parents because now they can monitor better than they ever could before. 100%. Imagine all of those bullies in school. Did their, did their parents know how horrible they were, it, you know, to other kids? I, it, it's, there, it's, you know, it, it was hidden. It was, you know, it was a secret before. Now right. it can become a little more public and I, I, hopefully can be monitored in a the, different way. The only thing, though, is like the ghost accounts these kids get. So it's like they have their regular account that mom and dad oh, goes from there and then they okay. have their other accounts. But it's like... Good parenting, but I, I think that the, the reality is this. It's like with any new medium, it will disrupt the generation mm -hmm. and it can be issues unless we educate the people how to use it. It's like right now, I can tell you with social media, um, and, and this is like uh, really just devastating, but people are in more depression. And it's just because sure. of the, the, you know, the is polarization. It a is it a result of social media? I, I think it, 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 it like amplifies there, it. Do I think there's any data that supports that? I, I don't oh, know. I'm asking. Well, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, we know that the stuff that's being shared, it, the more controversial, the more polarizing it is, mm -hmm. um, it, it just gets better clicks. It's just, that's just the way that it is. It, regardless of what the topic is, I'm not going to go into politics. Yeah. I'm not going to go into religion. I'm not going to go into the, yeah. the flat earthers or anything yeah. like that. It's just like. Is that is that something that does it? And so, well, well is there anything the platforms can do to make it so their algorithms aren't triggered by negativity and well, things that are controversial? Are, are, are there ways humanity though? Well, sure, like, like sure. seriously, like like people want. And, and obviously, the algorithms are learning from the people. Correct? I know, but they're but, learning. But but you got to look at it. It's like they're looking at it holistically in the sense of, hey, this gets people interactive and it gets them engaged. Well, it doesn't okay, say the content's good or bad. Let, let me give an example. Let's look at Instagram and then let's look at like YouTube or Twitter. Okay. There's a lot more negativity on YouTube and Twitter. Yeah. Is, does the algorithm have a lot to do with that? I, I think it's the culture of the platform. Mm -hmm. uh, like Twitter is just made for Twitter rats, uh, uh, rants and, and, and you have Reddit files. as well. That's also well, Reddit. Know, very like negative. Reddit, like, it can also be really great. Honestly, out of all the platforms, I love Reddit the most, like mm -hmm. out of everything. I love it the most, but it's, it's like so unfiltered. It's like, 100% unfiltered. I wouldn't recommend mm -hmm. it for anyone unless they can yeah. tolerate. Well, and maybe one way to look at it is maybe on those platforms, people are just being real and there's a lot of negativity that comes with being organically real. Whoa, whoa. Then on Instagram, maybe maybe no. there's a lot more like, instead of being fake. No, no, no. Like, like Reddit's about like oh I'm, I'm, spe being, I'm specifically talking about okay because like I'm like Reddit's YouTube. about yeah. being anonymous so you can say yeah. whatever you want right, there's right, no right, consequences right. <laughs> you know you're not, so not being real you're not verified <laughs> on Reddit yeah but anyway so so what's interesting is you know um, the, our guest today and I'm really excited well, to have him on um, like he, he's he's raising his family as an influencer mm -hmm. with his wife and he has kids. And, you know, I know this is something cause he's a family guy and he's very concerned about what goes into, you know, their, their lives. And so do you want to introduce our guest today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think there, I mean, I mean, we can probably discuss like the pros and cons of the evolution. Because, I think we need to continue because, this. You know, Benji and Judy, you guys have been doing this for a long time before having kids. 
And and you've probably seen the pros and negatives, mm -hmm. well, the pros and cons sure. of what it is to live in the digital world. So we have Benji, the YouTuber, who's also a very strong entrepreneur, yeah, digital 100%. entrepreneur and coach. Well, I wouldn't say you would consider yourself a coach, yeah. but you do that sort of content on YouTube. For sure. And where you give a lot of advice. Thank you so much yeah. for, for being with us. Honored to be here. I think it's so unique that the three of us are here because oh, we've yeah. never, uh, all three of us hung out together and never. now we're going to have a conversation on the podcast. We've all communicated. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So well, I'm excited amazing. to be here and I think it's a great topic to start on because it opens up so many cans of worms. But um, I'm like you. I'm like, uh, when I first started on YouTube, I was really Judy's manager, business mm -hmm. manager. Basically, I wore all the hats other than creating content. But I also was her security team. So I was like CIA, <laughs> secret service. I'm not kidding. When we had meetups in the early days, like oh, 2008, gosh. I would call every single person and interview them before I told them the location because I was worried about that. Like I already had that wow. vision. This is when okay. she was sub 100,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. I already knew. I was yeah, like, that's you know, the, that's you're, the protectiveness. For you sure. Know, <laughs> and so, by the way, like, and now it's been uh, 10 years later, obviously, you know, we got billions of views and millions of followers. I can't call people anymore. Like people just come up to us random on the street, but it's still in the back of my mind. But you know, the one thing I always knew, and this is why I got involved in the, uh, in the beginning was the upside and the potential and the possibilities. Always look at the good and the bad because you can't have one without the other. 100%. So it's all about being prepared. And then on the note of the kids, I, I agree, definitely like you have to be careful. Like you have to be aware and prepared and paying attention as a parent no matter what. But again, I look at the opportunities that my family's had um, and they're gonna have and the education they have access to. Like they, you know, we live it's in- off the charts. For sure, it's yeah. crazy. So I think it's definitely a balance. But uh, I think with anything, it's all about, you know, like preparing yourself for the worst, right? But knowing that you could get the best out of it too. And that's why so many people, I think the last thing that's I wanna mention to about what you were uh, saying about there's so much negativity, hey, uh, there's these trolls and haters, is the fact that human nature is just like, that's why people eat up the gossip and the rumors and they're looking for those bad stories because it's entertaining. It's just human mm -hmm. nature. So no matter how well you build the platform, human nature takes over and that's mm -hmm. the whole point of social it, it, media. It, it's like human nature, but it's like exposed human nature. It's for like sure. people will say things and do things that they normally wouldn't do in mm -hmm. person. And, and I think yeah. the last note for any parents out there, I'd say, I think this has been the case literally since the beginning of mankind when it comes to raising children. It's better to prepare your children rather than to protect them, right? Yeah. No, now I you definitely don't want to protect them, right? Because there's things that they can't protect themselves from. But I always say, I, you know, like everyone jokes, I have three daughters and they're like, oh, are you ready for when they're a teenager? And they said, you, you got your shotgun ready, right? I got a shotgun at home. But I always say, <laughs> you live in Seattle. How yeah. do you have a shotgun at no, home? <laughs> I actually tell people this, and this is the truth, and it's the same online and with social media when they get older. I'm not going to have the shotgun. I'm going to make sure they have the shotgun, but the internal one, right? Sure. The one where their principles and their beliefs and their foundation is what's going to protect them so they make good decisions. So when, when they see those things that right. we as parents get completely freaked out, 
they make the decision for themselves because eventually I think that's our, our duty as parents is to build them up so they can make their own decisions when we're not around. So I, I want to concur with this. And it's a really interesting topic because like, I think it's, it's about control. It's about uh, really looking at our, our children and giving them access to things and not like saying, oh, no, you're restricted from this. But um, my, I had a, I, I have a son that uh, deleted his Instagram account. He says, I don't want that trash. Yeah. And I'm like, like, why? I mean, that's how you communicate with your friends. He's like, well, no, it's just like, it's just not, it's a very toxic, you know, wow. uh, platform yeah. for me. And I just, I just didn't need it in my life. Like, I don't need that. And I noticed that his energy level and his happiness went way up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's just amazing. because he, he deleted it. And like, I never told him to do it. Like yeah. I, I'm like, I'm a social guy. I'm like, no, you gotta, <laughs> you need to keep that. <laughs> you know, but well, he's like, no, it's just like very toxic. Well, and I good don't for him. I, I wonder if it's one of those things where, you know, parents need to have common sense. I mean, as you mentioned, you need to make them knowledgeable. Yeah. You have to empower them. You can't try to protect but, them. But I think and the next generation of parents will do that because sure. like the, the generation yeah. well, of maybe. parents that have no idea about technology. Sure. It's mm. like the, 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 the new generation of parents I think will be better yeah. equipped because yeah. they've been raised on social But media. there's always going to be a new technology that's going to have a learning curve. Yeah. And, and, and it's important for people to realize that whatever's new, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously don't shun it. Like don't, don't right. just try to be too protective and not allow people to use it. Go and learn and get yourself informed so you can create a, you know, a safer path for your kids. Well, my, my thing is this, like when a new platform comes out and, and, and we're getting this right now, even though how, how uh, popular TikTok is right now, mm -hmm. people are like, I don't get it. Yeah. I'm like, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when yeah, you don't yeah. get a, a lot totally. of creators, a lot of influencers, no, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't get it. They don't and, get it. And, and, and some, sometimes, you know, that, that, that has happened with other platforms where they step back and they just wait and, and they don't want to get involved until they have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, th I think it's very, very fascinating mm -hmm. there. But um, do you find that like, as like being in this industry for so long, I mean, yeah. you guys are OG, like first 100%. That's crazy like, coming from you. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew that OG to me. Yeah. But thank you. Appreciate that. No, no but you, you guys, guys were some of the earlier creators, especially in like, well, the beauty community. Yeah, well, yeah. not no. only that, but it's like the earlier creators that actually had did brand deals, the yeah. earlier mm -hmm. creators that actually mm -hmm. were pushing mm -hmm. the envelope yeah. and, and making this as a business. Cause like most creators would come in and, and not to throw them under the bus um, yeah. at all, but they, they didn't see this as a business. They yeah. actually saw it as celebrity. Yeah. yeah. And you guys like, no, you, you, you went all in. I mean, you quit your job, you know, selling real estate <laughs> and you're like, okay, you know, this is like, this is where I need to go. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll tell you, number one, it was my love for Judy that got me involved. And, well, <laughs> and, and my ambition and me seeing the opportunity that got me passionate about this. You know, I'm all about ROI because I love mm -hmm. spending time with my family and friends in my community. I still live literally in the same quarter mile area of the neighborhood I grew up in in North Seattle for the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. And so I really value that time and what I do there. And I don't necessarily want that to change. So sure. spending my time wisely is really important. And what I saw my wife do was, you know, from the corner of my bedroom of the home that we were living at, she was creating this influence and people were starting to send makeup to her. 
So I was looking at it very practical at the very, very beginning. Actually, You're like, let's sell the makeup. Well, no, I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, let's get them to send you more. So we have to go, uh, we go to the mall less because I would stand outside the makeup store for an hour, just waiting for <laughs> her <laughs> do her shopping. So for me, I was like, okay. Hey, if we can this keep this practical. going. The <laughs> second step was one day I was in my real estate office and I gave her the other side. So her background with my real estate desk, which is horrible. If you look at those videos, I feel sorry for her that I thought that was appropriate, but she told me one day, Hey, these people are at, um, offering me $50 for like me to uh, talk about their makeup. This is the early days. We're talking hey, about 2008. That's and crazy. I was like, give me that phone. Right. Thinking like I'm the man, I'm this businessman. I know what I'm doing. I asked for a hundred dollars thinking <laughs> I'm like the superstar. Right. And we got it right. Like looking back at it now, awesome. I'm like, okay, she was probably worth way more. But the point I'm bringing up is we didn't know what was even going on, but I knew that where the ship was sailing to, like I, I knew the direction this was going. Actually, I, I dropped out of college and the only class I took was marketing 101. And I always remember the story of Coca-Cola and people don't know. It's like the, the, the Coca-Cola drink did well because it tasted good, but the way it became a world-renowned brand was marketing and advertising. 100%. Mm -hmm. So when I saw YouTube and the fact that the makeup company was gonna pay her on top of sending her makeup, it was game over from there. And so what I saw was, okay, again, it was a baby steps. I didn't have this huge ambition to be a multimillionaire or build a brand that's gonna be in Target one day and you know all these other places and have millions of fans for Judy. I was just like, okay, the next step was, how can we let you continue this passion for makeup and beauty and quit your day job? Because she had two jobs at the time. So again, that baby step was like, okay, let's look at your finances. We just need to make sure that you get a little bit more than that so you can start saving up. It was so baby. Because again, I was still building my real estate business. Mm -hmm. It was like during the, the uh, real estate crisis, right? Yeah, so I wasn't 2008. Really, it's like I not, wasn't, not I the best time in the world. I wasn't building. <laughs> I was surviving right at the moment. But I was like, you know, I'll help you do this because she was passionate. She wasn't passionate about what she went to school for. So again, the baby steps. So I'd say like, you know, I, I, I'm very honored and humbled that you would like compliment me. But I learned as we went, the one thing that was always the same is one, she had a passion for this and she loved doing it. And for me, I was very ambitious and I was very happy being in this role of like, I'm the business guy. So I'll take your calls. I did all the emails. Again, I was trying to scale her time so that she could focus on content. Right. And so that was literally the beginning and everything that happened, even the early days we met and connected, yeah. right? And I, I, I'm sure you can agree, that was like the Wild West, right? It was, it was like cowboys, it just like is. all it's in the desert. Especially with the beauty community, yeah. I can think of three pioneers. Mm -hmm. I'd say Judy and Michelle Phan. Oh, wow. You know, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, you guys are like both like the early ones. And then yeah. Bubba's Beauty came mm -hmm. in as, as well. And literally, you guys built, mm -hmm. I'd say, are responsible, partly responsible of building that community. Well, thank you. Because so much happened after that. And now it's just, it's a huge industry. Well, a huge content. I mean, yeah. What, what, and one of the biggest forms of content right now. What, yeah. what I what I find fascinating is like here you took a hundred dollars, well fifty dollars that you like. Oh no no no, let's double that. Yeah. And you felt really good with it, which is which is <laughs> awesome by the way. Um, but it's like once you're able to taste that, and yeah. once people, it's not just the the creators that saw it, but it's the brands is oh yeah. this is great ROI for us, and it's like like a drop in the bucket. It's like 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 the 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 budget that these yeah. companies oh, yeah. have is just ridiculous. It was, yeah. It, and they're like, this is a new venue. I think- And the, you, you had to get out of that, 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 that PR angle. Yeah. 
Well, but what I think is, is the earliest brands that actually made the biggest difference yeah. in YouTube was the beauty brands, like the ones that were yeah, seeing totally. this opportunity. I agree. And they, they, they shifted the money the, the fastest. But you have to concur with that because, I mean, you're yeah. the ones that were. No, I, I would say they were the first ones to start doing seating. Yeah. And and really we, start setting out free product. Yeah. And but I think it took some time before they started spending money. Yeah, a lot, it was a lot of the startup companies that were willing to spend money before the, a lot of the major companies. Yeah, yeah. and and but now, but, you know, but it's like from a, but from then. a uh, an industry, they were oh, from an industry, they, they they were ahead of the curve. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I mean, I mean, they they moved earlier on than any of the gaming companies. So like, so tell us about like okay, so you you made your first hundred bucks. Yeah, and you, you're you're going from there. And you're like, hey, this is great, and you you did a, a couple more deals. Yeah. When did you look at the value that, you know, you know, promoting a product on yeah. a video yeah. like Judy was doing, because yeah. she's more beautiful than you. That's why I married her. Like having, having her, having her basically give a review of a product yes. and then pushing people to traffic. Yes. When did it click to say, do you know what? We need to figure out the value of that. We need yeah. to figure out the, what was your process to come up with? Was it just someone like Ricky that says, hey, you need to charge this? Or what was the? No, oh, absolutely not. You know, oh, I was negotiating. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's why I Maybe that's to. why you remember me because I was, like I said, like for her security, I'm like CIA Secret Service, right? For her negotiations, I am just like a shark. Like I just, <laughs> I'm willing to walk away from a deal. Uh -huh. But I love that you asked that because in the early days, there was no video influencers or other YouTube experts right. to be able to share videos. There was not there was even no websites standard. with blogs yeah. or anything like that. So number one was from experience, right? And I always, and this is a little trick that you're gonna probably be surprised uh -oh. with. In the <laughs> early days, maybe once in a while with the right brand, I would just up our rate. I like, uh -huh. like significantly. I say, hey, no matter if they go for it or not, we're just gonna walk away because I was like, I need to test this to see, right? To like test her value. I need to understand her value. And the value is determined by the marketplace. Again, mm -hmm. I come from real estate, right? Your house is 100%. only as valuable as someone's willing to pay for it. So 100%. if it's overpriced, you're not gonna get that sold. So mm -hmm. I took that same strategy. And secondly, well, I was networking like crazy. I became a beauty guru networker master. I went to all the beauty <laughs> events with Judy, right? I was like, I, I was over there like trying to do this videography and everything. But what I was really doing was going out to dinner with Judy and all these uh, beauty guru friends of hers. I was just talking to them. In fact, I was doing less talking more listening. And yep. I remember the first time this was in Vegas during a industry show, um, I think it's called Cosmoprof. And literally we were there with some of the other OGs that Judy would say are the true OGs, yeah. right? Because it was this uh, like smaller community that was tight knit. And these ladies were telling Judy as she's like in her starting phase, oh, these are the opportunities that we get. This is how much we make. And I was like, Running it down like <laughs> mentally, and I was learning from there. And I'd say the third way is I step back and look at it as a businessman. So on video influencers, I say this often when you're just starting out and you have no subscribers, what is the value of a sponsorship for you? Look at your content period. For a business to create quality content that's valuable, that actually like speaks to the people they're trying to reach, there's a certain cost to it. It can be a few hundred, few thousand. I've been on uh, video shoots where there was 25 people shooting a one minute little commercial. Right. Literally tens of thousands of dollars. Right. Green rooms in these trailers, like people watching other people's work, watching other people's work. And I, so when I step back and look at that, I was like, okay, 
they're asking you to do all that by yourself. So let's kind of balance it all out between the three things. And again, it was that kind of journey to learning to where I got to where I got so comfortable. I could create, I guess, systems to give to my team. And also I'd say the fourth bonus tip is this. There's huge value in the right attorney, the right legal person. Because remember at the end of the day, their job is to not only look at the legal side, but in a way negotiate on your behalf based on what they know. And if you write, work with the right legal person, they'll have relationships with different influencers. So be, they'll be part of different things. I mean, there's a lot there to uncover, oh, yeah. but that's kind of how it looked at without even knowing that. I wasn't like, okay, Judy, so we're gonna sit down. These are the four things we're gonna do in the next year. No, I was just hustling because again, I was still running my own business. Um, Judy was doing this. I was just like, you know, like I, it was all off of instinct and re- like at the end of the day, hard work, not replacing that, right? And that's where I got all the context to be able to protect Judy as well as let her thrive and build up her value. And I mean, it's really honored that you would even put her in that same boat as Michelle Vaughn. 100%. Michelle, I personally well, also she, believe she's that even too. She's more consistent. She's I'd been say, doing it longer. I'd say one thing too that uh, stands out about Judy, and mm-hmm. this is maybe why you would put her in that, especially your unique position, integrity is what drove us the whole time. So you talk right. about reviews, right? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't review a product that Judy didn't believe in. One thing- I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, remember we got denied like the first yeah, three yeah, times yeah. or something. You're like, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, what, you're not gonna get paid this money? Like I've had people like fling money in front of me, like, you know, just like- pro- No, they awesome. did not. They did not. They're like, I'm, hey, come on. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm like, hey, that's not what drives us because that's not how Judy built her community. Right, it was right. you know like giving value first. So you have to believe. Right? I think it, that's it one thing right she's been. That's why we've had the longevity because mm-hmm. no matter what we did, it wasn't just integrity, but protecting the trust that the audience had, and that's why we've been able to drive our, our rates up, um, and our value is what it is, and that's why people have this perception because they knew her heart. Right, she wouldn't like go insult a like a, a makeup brand she didn't like but she definitely wasn't gonna work with them. She wasn't gonna like support them. And so I think that's what really um, helped us in that journey. And that was very instinctual for her. And that was really strategic for me. I was like, that only is gonna help you win long-term. Short-term, you might miss out on opportunities, but was that what you're looking for? No, that was, that was <laughs> really good. So well, like one of the things that I, cause I deal with a lot of creators sure. and they're coming in and I remember one and I won't name names cause like I wanna get approval before I told the story, uh, yeah. like for the podcast, <laughs> but. Um, this, this creator got their first brand deal and it was like a thousand dollars and he was just super elated. And I says, you know, you could have got like 30 to $40,000 for the same amount of spot. He says, no, nobody would pay that much. And I says, okay, the next time they come back, once they do it, cause they will come back. Cause I mean, a thousand bucks, like I, I would give you a thousand dollars for a shout out mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. And anyway, he, he did it and I, they, they came back and he says, okay, it's going to be this amount. Um, and he, he, uh, I, he went down cause he's like, dude, like 18,000 or something. Cause he's like 30 is just too much and 40 is too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he went to 18 <laughs> yeah. and the guy literally said in the negotiate, good. Cause we like, we had up to 60,000 that we we're going to offer you. And now we can do it with other influencers. Who else can we get to do it? Like, <laughs> that's like the worst tactic I've ever seen oh, in my oh, life. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like, oh, oh, we, we could have done it up to this, but yes. <laughs> no, but, asked for more. <laughs> no, but that, that, that's the whole thing is like, I, I really, and this is more a, a discussion between Ricky and you guys, because mm-hmm. you guys deal more on the brand side than yeah. I, I ever will. But it's like, 
brands sometimes don't really see the value that an influencer brings, mm -hmm. you know, for that trusted, authentic source that's really saying this is something you need to do. I think that's changing though. And it's changing in certain industry, industries more than others. But like what I'm seeing is that our, that brands are actually bringing their TV dollars, their TV commercial budgets and their media dollars just to influencer. I mean, it's just, definitely, the, it's, the, the, the times there's are changing. Shift. There's definitely a shift going on. And is it just more because they can track it? Because I know that you guys like have tracking well, yeah, you, you, ninjas. You, you, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You can track it. But um, I think that the data proves itself. You have a, a third-party validation that has a loyal, trusting, engaged audience. And there's a huge pivot right now going from targeting casual viewers to loyal viewers. Yeah. And if you want to get in front of people that are going to listen to what you have to say, you have to be inside the content with someone that they trust. So, and, and so, I mean, I mean, that's obviously something that we all know right, on this right. table. But that is something that is now starting to be understood because influencers have always been there. It's always been a buzzword, right? But, but today, you know, brands are now starting to become more sophisticated. Well, let's let's do an example. I mean, you guys do like a bajillion like brand deals. So, like, give me an example. Just recently, not from a micro level, like just like a, maybe a group of influencers, like your your companies worked with some brands that it made sense. Like it was like okay, they were transitioning those dollars, but they were going hardcore in on that. Yeah. Well, you know. Like one one activation that we've done this last year was that battle royale video with Mr. Beast. Yeah, you know where there were a bunch. Yeah, it was uh, Apex that did that, right? Yes, it was okay. Apex that did that, and, yeah. and there were a bunch of different creators that collaborated on that. Now that wasn't a very, you know, I mean, that wasn't inexpensive. So was and, it a collaboration? And, so was the influencers getting paid too, or what was the? Know, I, I mean, I mean, not to go into all the details, but we definitely had a budget to make it so everyone involved, you know, were were interested. Good. And 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 from Mr. Beast to you know, all the other people that wanted to get involved, and there were other creators that actually just wanted to be in the video. Yeah. Because it was a cool video doing airsoft. Battle Royale style. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, like it was, it was one of those things wait, where the, everyone the, wanted to get involved. Well, the cool thing about it was was like the the, the underdogs, the one that actually won the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> like odd ones out. That was so awesome. That was so yeah. awesome. But 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 one piece of advice I'd give to creators, and I think something that you guys did really well, is early on you started planning as you started building your audience. You knew exactly how a brand would integrate into your content. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something I'd give advice to, I think, any new creator is that even if you're just barely starting to create content, have the brand in mind. Right. Because that is a really strong area of monetizing. And you can do it organically. You can do it in a very authentic way. But just always have it be a part of the plan. So by the time brands start bringing you dollars, it's not awkward. It's not it's, weird. It's not disconnected. It's not disconnected. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know, for Judy, what really, and like speaking to your point, what made it easy for us to integrate, she was always talking about products anyways, right? Like mm -hmm. she was reviewing products. She was using them. She was sharing what she used them. Like she would go into the drugstore and pick new products out and just like give her take on it. So it was a seamless integration into her beauty channel and eventually for her for our vlogs again it's lifestyle we would be talking about what we're using and you know like it's kind of relatable you know like when you have something that you love you want to share it with people and so for me I going back to Coca-Cola, right? Again, mm -hmm. like I love Coca-Cola. I barely yeah. drink it, but it's like my favorite. Oh, I soda. drink a lot of okay. it. <laughs> and so I always remember the uh, the product placement where it's just sitting on the table in the TV show. And I was like, they're getting paid for that. And that's like the easiest money ever. And no one's gonna be like, oh, 
they have that and they're getting paid for it. Well, of course, like so many people drink Coca-Cola, it makes sense, right? And Pepsi, they can have that placement if they pay some more. So for me, I've always been chasing that, never actually getting the Coca-Cola like product placement. What I mean is this, what is so natural that it fits so seamlessly that it not only makes sense in the video, but also adds value to the end user or the viewer. And this is why TV is just not working because there, it's just a product placement, right? Like in a show, you, you can't really do a deep dive into the product or, you know, like you can't like turn it into a commercial. That's why they have commercial. It, it, it's hard to turn it exactly. into a call to action. And well, so sure. it's like yeah. an art to right. balance out the content you organically would deliver, but still mentions like, hey, and this is all possible because of this. And this is why it makes sense for you. This is why I like it. It's kind of like dance that mm -hmm. is like a few can do really well. And I think Judy does it amazing. But another thing I'll tell you, we haven't taken a lot on. And I mean, mm -hmm. you know this, we say yeah. no way more than we say yes. I know influencers that literally on a daily are doing something, right? Yeah. On each platform, like how do you even have time to live your normal life? We can literally do one a week, which is almost nothing considering our platform. But again, we don't want to inundate our view. It's like if TV decided, you know what, we're going to go from 15 minutes of commercials to 25. Like yeah. less people are going to watch it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think unboxing channels are probably some of the most fortunate channels out there to have mm -hmm. sponsorships. Mm -hmm. or it's just, it, if it's a fit, it's a fit. And, and they can mention it's sponsored totally and no one's exactly. going to care because it's still going to be very interesting to that yeah. viewer. Um, I would actually say with product placement, so we do a lot of product placement um, on a lot of the SVOD platforms and yeah. TV and film. I, I would say um, it's still a really effective way of getting in front of consumers because if sure. you think about it, sure. Yeah. You can't talk about it A to Z. You yeah. can't sell it in like you would be able to do with like a, yeah. a content creator or an influencer. Um, but people are seeing it. Exactly. Well, and, I, and, and, and if it's if it's a part of the script in a heroic way where it's like a part mm. of, you know, the character's, you know, um, persona, it's a part of, you know, something that's making the content even better and it's empowering the content, I think it can still be very effective. You but literally more, just gave me an idea more to make a, like, a, <laughs> a, a, like a huge brand deal just right now. <laughs> but it's going to be more of an awareness play, yeah. correct? I mean, definitely it can show, you know, the brand affinity with the content. Um, it can definitely, you know, I mean, we've seen cases where it has had a lift in sales or has changed mm -hmm. people's um, opinions to the point where they do want to you know, buy the product. Um, but you're right. When it comes to like digital content, it's not really about just like having it, you know a product be a part of the story. It's literally having the product be a part of the story and then selling that product and was it's it, working. Was it? Was it? Didn't I, I swear we did one with Will and Grace? Like they wasn't the yes. Xbox. It was the Xbox, right? When it was coming out, like they had to do it way before they had a product integration before it was even introduced. But they had to go through it. Was that that? Yeah, yeah. So we we had we, we had a meeting, and I th I think they. Potentially, talk, I, don't, I don't remember Xbox specifically on, okay. on that one, but no, um, I mean, I mean, I'd say one good example for Xbox is is what happened in Big Bang Theory. Oh, that's the one it was. That, Big yeah, Bang it, it yeah, was yeah, a yeah, yeah. great. So Bing, 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 Big Bang Theory, you know, they had an episode where they were deciding between a PS4 yeah. or an Xbox. Yeah, yeah. And they went with the Xbox. And, and, and that was one of those things that definitely were, was very effective. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so there's ways to be a part of the storyline that can be very empowering, but you can't click at the end. Mm. You know, there's no way of measuring, you know, right. you know, a, a conversion. Well, you can, but I mean, you, I mean, 
it, it, I think it happens more with unscripted content. We have yeah. clients that actually see lifts and sells on a daily basis when being in unscripted or day part or, or, or late night, but it's harder to do in scripted. Yeah. However, there's definitely a place for integration with scripted content that can be very powerful. Well, one thing I know about marketing masters, they don't just look at one placement as an end all be all. It's part of a overall strategy, strategy, right? So like, yeah, there's no click there or whatever, but that's like the beginning of the journey. And then you can target that big bang theory audience on social media platforms. And Mm -hmm. if they watch that episode that's fresh in their mind, you get what I'm saying? Or you even do a collaboration where they're part of some of the the creative content. By the way, I have no experience in this at all. Uh I'm just saying it's all, it all makes sense. It's all obvious to me because I I've actually seen this happen where I was watching something and then literally when I was on something else, like it's right there. I wouldn't be surprised. They know I'm into this. Mm -hmm. So they, they put this ad in front of me. So you're saying that active listening on your phone is telling what ads (laughs) deserve. Let's let's talk about that. I don't care what you say. Yeah. I mean, so I'll tell you that it's just like, if tools are there for marketers to use, they're going to use it. And you know, there's so many tools. I think when you just look at it, and this is the prop mistake that brands make. They think mm-hmm. this one video is all they need yeah, to do. That, that's it. That day is long gone. You know, mm-hmm. there was definitely, you know, there's this one company that uh, uh, Judy was sponsored by. And this is, I wouldn't say one of my failures, but it was definitely like a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. They sponsored her, gave us our rate, right? And literally what I heard years later from somebody, it was like, they like kind of accidentally spilled the beans Uh from that one video that she got sponsored for a product that she was showing off that she already loved and used. They were selling tens of thousands of units from that one video, from the one link. And when I heard that, that's when my rate went up way up, right? <laughs> wait, wait, should go way up. Exactly. And I, yeah. so the reason I bring that up study. though, the reason I bring that up, Bill, is I was always, I've always been chasing that. And, you know, like instead of just a flat rate fee, I'm like a performance-based compensation, maybe some ownership, maybe like get Judy's name on the brand and really kind of own that product. But, you know, I have actually never heard of that working that well. That was in the early days. We're talking mm-hmm. like 2011, 2012. Now, again, because everybody's in there, there's so much competition for attention in general. You really have to think, and that's like as an influencer. I think it's smart to go all in on one platform, but it's good to have people following you on social media too, right? Because in between your uploads, you want to be able to hit them up. Same thing with a product or a brand that's trying to get their name out or a service that they want to provide. You kind of have to hit people at different times of the day Mm -hmm. to get in their brain. That's why I agree with you about the product placement. It's still working, but part of a suite of, uh, uh, of tools. So, you know, you're, you're hundred percent right. Like, like one thing that we say is you want to be in the content, you know, every hour of the day. Yeah. So that might be daytime that might be binging on, on, on Netflix. It might be browsing on Instagram or, or, or watching some YouTube videos at night. Um, you want to make the brands at, are now trying to figure out ways, how do we get in all of the content? Mm-hmm. And it's a very effective strategy. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be different content that has different purposes. But you know, one thing that you mentioned, you know, like, you know, building like a case to that, how you guys had those crazy clicks and you had all those conversions back in those days, we would see click-through rates as high as 20 to 50%. Say, say what? Yes. Back then, yes. early on, I mean, we would crash websites left and right. Yes. Well, that wasn't I mean, very hard to do back then. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, but like it's because, you know, you, you'd have, you know, like a really high you know, click-through rate. With um, Jared and Ellie with, with Squatty Potty, 
we had over a 20% click-through rate. Mm. Let me tell you something that's that, going that to blow years ago. your mind. I'm yeah. not from old school marketing. I'm like totally new school. Uh-huh. But one thing that is super old school is email, right? And the, the open rates or the sure. click-through rates. When Judy in the early days, like went with our email list, it was like at 90%. That's amazing. 90%. <laughs> now, when I saw that, I didn't think anything of that I, number. I, I can get 90% if I'm sending it to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I, would, I would tell one of my, uh, one of my like, team members, right, who's from the old school, whatever, and they go, you mean like 9%? Because like, yeah, that's how I get it. It's like, no, 90%. Because they were just asking me for the numbers, like, Penji. That's like mind blowing. Oh yeah. Mind. So the reason I use that example isn't, I don't think Judy's unique. It's, this is why influencer marketing might one day be the only type of marketing, Mm -hmm. of course, among other types of tools. Sure. But that is the thing because think about it. And this is, you know, on video influencer, we talk about don't discount your smaller audience, especially if it's a niche audience that's specifically watching you for something that is, uh, you know, like sets you apart from other creators. The thing is, you trust these people that you watch. Mm-hmm. And it, even with a smaller audience, they trust you. There's so much value in that. In fact, if you are very specific, like what you spoke about, like being strategic about, you know, what brands you're going to work with, like then you cater like your content for a certain audience and you develop a niche mm-hmm. channel and you can actually get brand deals. And in fact, I've observed this both with us and other creators, you can get brand deal opportunities and get rates that are as high, if not higher than people that are 10 times more influential than you because you're so focused. Because when you say, right, like a Judy says, hey, buy this, you're getting like that 20, 50% like click through or whatever. Or when you send out an email, they're like all buying it. You know, every time Judy launches something, sells out, like in the first few days. We always tell manufacturers, hey, order more, like two or three times. Like, no, 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 this is the way we do things. I was like, you're gonna like regret it. And literally it's like another month or few months sometimes waiting for that next order to come in. And so that's been a huge blessing, but what it taught me to, again, like having these conversations with other people in like the normal business practices or whatever, that influencer, not just Judy, influencers had so much power because of the relationship and the trust with their audience mm-hmm. that it's a no brainer that a, a brand would want to work with them because no, brands don't have that hero, yeah. right? They don't have that person that is so connected to the audience because of course they're trying to sell something versus mm-hmm. the influencer, I, and, you know, not all of them, but uh, many of them, they're there to serve their community yeah. in one way or the other. Yeah, so yeah. I, I agree with you hundred percent that this is going to be even bigger part of the future of marketing. And it's going to happen when brands are focused on sales. Alibaba, according to some of our partners in China, and then we also have an offset, mm-hmm. and my team has confirmed this, that, that this was in the press out there, that Alibaba spent over a billion dollars on creators, what? on influencers. Yes. In China. In China. In China. So, so a was lot of this- I'm Not creating content. Well, this you know that so there's cool. over 350 video platforms out, out there. And so this is across a variety of different platforms, a big sample of creators. And, and it's because they're very sales focused. You know, there's, there's a lot of like streaming, mean, there's streaming platforms out there. That's literally okay. people talking about product and saying, go buy an Alibaba. That, that makes sense. And, Cause I saw this, this meme and it was no exaggeration. It yeah. was a lady that was in China and she had 50 phones around her and she <laughs> oh, was selling yeah. stuff. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. 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 She was selling but, stuff I mean, that was a real thing. I know. Yeah, it was, was a like, meme, but like she was a real person. Yeah. yeah. Real person. The, the, yeah. But it was like totally. It's happening with the board. China is a good five years ahead of us when it comes what? to influencer marketing. Absolutely. 
Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean I there, there's like, a lot going on out there. You know what's now? crazy? I'm going to China next week. Okay, great. <laughs> well, let us know how it goes. <laughs> Give us like a glimpse of the you, know, you know, one of these days we'll have to have it go out there together and I'll take you to our office and I everything would love in Shanghai. That. But so really what it's about though, it's about diversifying and optimizing. Okay. Because if you think about it in the influencer world, especially if you include China, traditional television, traditional media yeah. is a fraction of the size. Yeah. There are tens, well, there's millions and millions of influencers that are out there today. Yeah. And there's so many options, but brands, they don't have the infrastructure. They're not ready to build a work with over 5,000 influencers a year, but it's going to get there. Yeah. It's going to get to the point where some brands are going to really crack the code where they can work with a thousand to 5,000 influencers mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. The supply is there, but the demand isn't there yet. But once brands start being much more data driven in a fact where they want to measure actual sales, mm -hmm. and I'm talking about fortune 50 companies, right, right. that is when everything is going to change and everyone's really truly going to come into the space and it's going to be much more saturated, but there's going to be a lot more sophistication and a lot more money that's put into well, it. Even today, like we we're talking about those numbers early on with like the 20% click through rates or the 90% opens in your emails. And then we had some cases where I had 50% click through rates. Still today on YouTube, you know, we're seeing with, with our AI optimized campaigns between a one and 3% on YouTube and over and, and between a five and 15% on Instagram stories, mm -hmm. which I've talked about this before, yeah, yeah. but if you compare that to display ads, if you compare that to pre-roll ads, none of those other forms of advertising can even compete. If you get a 0.3% click through rate, you're a marketing oh, genius. <laughs> 0.5. Or point five. No, no, no. Even at point, I mean, a point three is still really good. No, it is. It a is point good. five is absolutely, yeah. it's an anomaly. Would you say more influencers watch this show or marketers and behind the scenes business I, people? I would say it's a, it's a combination it's a, of marketers and influencers. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. the re last thing, I don't know how long this show is, but one thing I definitely want to put out there. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And I told you my humble beginnings of doubling her uh -huh. rate, which was only 50 to 100 bucks, right? Now, literally year after year being a seven figure influencer business. And you know, I, I've got a team, but I don't have an agency. It's mm -hmm. not like the crazy big operation. It's really humble. And like, for the most part, it's me and Judy just creating content, really focusing on that mm -hmm. and focusing on the community. And of course I have video influencers, but literally even in years where impressions fell, algorithm hitting us, all kinds of crazy stuff. Our rates have continued to either go up or hold strong. And again, we're not even worried, right? Awesome. We're just like, we want to take care of our family and with whatever we have extra, we want to help family and friends and we want to uh, give to charity and we have this big event. But I have literally been, my mind has been blown every single year that I've been on YouTube and all these social media platforms, including Instagram, mm -hmm. with how much more opportunity we get. Even when we don't try, it's like they track us down. Right. And like you being one of them, because it's working. Mm -hmm. And that is the market telling you that it is still valuable and it's only become more valuable. You just blew my mind with the China thing. But I've been saying this, you know, there's 2 billion logged in users just on YouTube. There's 7 billion people on the planet, probably gonna be 8 billion soon. Right. 1 billion are these Chinese. You just talked about just China alone. What about India? What about all the other countries? Indonesia is Let me tell you something right. yeah. that is gonna blow your mind. When I do charity work um, in the Philippines, I'll be walking through the slums and we're talking the most impoverished people living next to a dump site and it's just horrible yep. conditions, no doors or windows. It's just their houses are made out of trash. What do I see people holding in their hand? 
right. a smartphone. And in the Philippines, I, I, I have never confirmed this, but I've heard this from like credible people. Facebook subsidized the data for people to be able to use Facebook, which is smart of Facebook. They're planting that seed. And the reason they didn't watch as much YouTube, data heavy. But what happens when internet becomes regularly available? All these opportunities that you're getting right now, including, and we know because my wife's Filipina, mm -hmm. are just gonna be exponentially bigger. Mm -hmm. And this is why literally people always ask, is it too late? It is just beginning. It's I just beginning. It's one hundred percent. By the way, we're at Vid Summit right now, which is one of the best events when it comes to the the smart people, the people actually like not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera and all together. This is like a legendary event. And literally, I've been talking to person after person, and you know, there's some kids like 18, 19 year olds that do laps around me. They are saying, like saying, and this is a really significant thing. YouTube is still the king when it comes to like attention. I just recently uh, consulted for a Fortune 500 company, like a really big one. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're interested in YouTube is because of, um, because of the attention, right? The watch time. And this is why they want to get more into it. And the reason I bring it up, it's, it's not to just isolate YouTube, but the fact that it, it like, I believe the future is social media, online video, yep. and you need to get into it, whether you're an 18 year old, or this is why it's interesting, the conversation and like segueing all the way back to the beginning about kids, right? They're doing it on a whole nother level that 100%. we can't even. So that's why like, even if you're a 60 year old businessman, just starting from scratch, you have to figure it out. You have to get into TikTok. You have to upload to YouTube because I cannot believe where my wife and are. And again, we still live in the same little place, right? We don't like have that ease of networking. We're not in like hubs like Salt Lake City or LA or New York City. And we still get these opportunities. And the point I'm trying to make there too, to influencers especially, it doesn't matter where in the world you live. As long as you have internet and you provide valuable content to a community, there will be brands that are desperately trying to work with the right influencer. Mm -hmm. So even micro influencers are gonna get opportunities. And the bigger you are, the more strategic you start and kind of like work your business, the better the deals are. We had our best deal we ever had in 2019, in a year where our impressions Congrats. are falling, partly because we're pulling back to focus on our family. We've always been a family vlog channel and we've been, like, been thriving and we've been loving it, but you know, at the end of the day, seven days a week wasn't sustainable. Exactly. We went to five days, but still we got the biggest deals. Mm -hmm. Like, how is that even, that's because the market is like, we have to have this. One of my, uh, and for marketers, my one advice I'd wanna leave is this. I've been saying to brands, they need to make their own hero. They need to have the cones to invest in a person. Trader Joe's, for example, there needs to be an actual Joe, like yeah. an actual Joe mm -hmm. person, and you're gonna have to invest in it. And there's this risk that that person could maybe quit or go to another company. But invest. He, he can go to Sprint. From yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do, you're building an influencer and come from a place of value. Don't like use them to sell new products or introduce you know new like seasonal like flavors. Literally, like what value can this Trader Joe guy do for the customers? Right. Don't think about profit or anything. You do that for enough years. Literally, this Joe will will like 10x their business. But it's. It, it, it takes time, it takes money, and also it doesn't come from a place of profit, it comes from a place of 
like value. Yeah, I, that's I, interesting. I, I I look at like Elon Musk as one of those individuals. Like he Definitely. has a, a ton Definitely. of businesses going on. But like anyone that gets on and says, "Hey, I'm going to do a flamethrower." You guys want to yeah. buy it? <laughs> just like, yeah, it's just like, and he sells out. Completely. Sells out. I, th I think he he's also addressing you know the whole internet you know thing about you know a way to have free internet out there through SpaceX. I think there's a couple of companies out there right now trying to figure that out, which is going to make it so that through the iceberg we're talking about is we're going to be seeing much more. One hundred percent. People yeah. don't connect with brands and companies. They connect with people. Mm -hmm. I love that you brought up Elon Musk mm -hmm. because he's an influencer for Tesla. He's an influencer for SpaceX. He's built in mm -hmm. partly because he's a founder. That's why it's so easy to identify people like that or Jeff Bezos or, you know, mm -hmm. Bill Gates from back mm -hmm. in the day because they were the influencer for that product. And they came from a place of value. I think that they were motivated by money and opportunity but when they're cranking away in the dungeon on that, you know, there's these things called motherboards once in, in a day, right? And now it's all in a phone. But they were trying to better, better the life of somebody. And mm -hmm. when you do that enough, which I believe that's what Judy was trying to do with her content, right? Not even conscious thinking, I'm going to make someone's life better. She's like, I'm going to live my life to the greatest with integrity and be honest. And I'm going to teach everything I know. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be motivated by profit. When you do that long enough, whether you're a, a, a person or a brand, that the opportunity follows. And I can tell you one thing. It's funny that you mentioned. I've been waiting for the day where the TV dollars goes to the internet, which is social it's, media. It's starting right? to happen. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. at VidCon like four years ago, there was a keynote speaker that was saying like, uh, it was like this, TV, uh -huh. um, uh, digital space. What's crazy, TV, all digital. We're talking everything from Netflix to uh, uh, TikTok apps, right? And so it was just like this a couple of years ago. And when it like tipped and it went like this, like billion people in China, billion dollar uh, campaigns. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, Netflix is bigger than the top three cable networks. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, I mean and, and and so is Amazon Prime. You know, I mean, I mean, if you if you really look at at their data, you know, they have, you know, they have just as I mean, they have more view, just as many viewers as the top three um, um, cable networks. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's very fascinating, and I, I really liked what you said about how brands need to have their own content creator or their own influencer. Yeah. Um, there are brands out there right now. Not for a commercial, but like no, but well, for the brand like, in the business. Like, where they're, they're, they're acting like a production company. They're acting like an influencer, you know, business. Give them like some business. freedom too. Yeah. Like, don't get the attorneys involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's interesting is that there are, there are some brands out there, fortune 50 brands. They're actually investing in Hollywood content. Yeah. And, and, or, or which is, you know, funding like TV and film. And the reason why they're doing that is so if they do start out doing integrations on that, on that production that they can't just, you know, like, you know, edge them out when, when they get a higher offer. Yeah. So they, they actually are trying to go in and have ownership. So I think it's one of those things where you do create your own content and you, and you get good at it and, and you get courageous, you get adventurous, yeah. but then you also have a network of ambassadors, yeah. people that you know are obsessed totally. with your brand. But I, I think brands are gonna also have to also change in how they do that because back in the day, you know, they'd say, this person has a great affinity with our brand, let's have them be our spokesperson. That's very, I think, you know, thinking about today and not about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. What they need to be doing is they need to be working with hundreds mm -hmm. of different content creators and yeah. hundreds or thousands of influencers and then analyze which wins are performing the best. Have you heard of which ones have audiences that are converting? Have you heard? And of, then from there, you you create like a cycle and have them come in. Have you heard That's, of Olay? What 
Olay is doing in the beauty space? Olay. Yes, yes. Right? Have you heard of that? No, like, no, no. Uh, okay, I, I, so it's so crazy. I mean, like, of course, like I can be transparent about it. I always like you, like <laughs> you have to be careful. Like, is this happening yet? Or is this like an NDA, whatever? So Olay, old school brand, right? Um, oil of Olay for people that don't know. In the makeup beauty space, it goes way back. Not sure. just like now, right? Like way, way back. And they were like one of the OGs of the beauty space. And in the last couple of years they made such a huge splash and this is no secret just go look up Olay right now and look mm -hmm. at all the influencers in the beauty space that have worked with this brand they have come from like being like this nostalgic brand to like the brand right now in mm -hmm. the beauty space and what they did was work with a ton of influencers right and they didn't just do it for like six months I believe they've been doing it for like three years, like it's aggressively, mm -hmm. aggressively. And so it's a brand that I knew growing up because my mom used it, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it's not like I was playing with it on the, you know, like in my uh, spare time. I just knew that it was like right there on the table. So like always sunk into my head. And now you see influencers uh, being their champion. So when you say thing, I know that that's effective, partly because they keep doing it every single year. And that's a great example. What you're saying is like getting these ambassadors, yeah. right? Now, this is no secret. Like First, get a broad sample and then narrow it down. But you have to keep working with a broad sample. Yeah. You have to keep working with a broad group because relevancy is a thing. Mm -hmm. um, you mm -hmm. know, engagement goes up and goes down. And, and it attention. makes it so you yeah. are working with a good variety so you know who I feel to like, really invest in. I feel like I'm sweating a little, just getting adrenaline rush talking to you. Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I don't talk about this stuff to anybody because again, it's like- hey, Ricky, Ricky, tends, Ricky, Ricky tends to <laughs> bring like, that on like people. I feel sweat like, <laughs> on my face right now. It's crazy. I'm enjoying no, it's this. It's yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Well, I'm glad is there's someone else you know that shares the vision that we're still at the beginning. Yeah, and yeah. to give you credit, Ricky, is you and so many, like so few people in the beginning that have that vision to bridge that gap. Because one thing to give you credit, it that you know it was like a war between the influencer and the brands right of course i'm on one side and the brands are you needed somebody else in the mm -hmm. middle that understood now it's hard to really truly represent both sides but it's like a neutral party that just like kind of like connects the dots because of course people have to protect their value and negotiate but at the end of the day it can be a win-win and that's the point i think i'm trying to make with this discussion that there is this huge win-win there's going to be even more opportunities but you kind of have to figure out again what is going to be the best for the end user mm -hmm. and find the right brands with the right products yeah. for that influencer in their community at first it, it was really about the process and figuring mm -hmm. out what is the process because yeah. it was different than advertising yeah than any other form of advertising and it was narrowing down that process but i think today it's really more of a tech play it's like okay i think we all agree how the process needs to be different and and everyone that's been in the business for a while follows that process for the most part. But now it's about, okay, how do you scale that so you can you collab so you can collaborate with thousands and thousands of different creators. And that's the next wave that mm. we're going to see. And AI is is a must. It's the only way that's gonna yeah, make to that take possible. all that data. For sure, yeah, for sure. sure. Well Benji, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. It, like we need to do this again because yeah, like there's so much definitely. to talk about. This, I, mean, I think that we can, a, there's a lot of other, other topics we can cover. Definitely. I think that we're even planning on covering it. Definitely will. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming yeah. on and thank all of you for watching, listening or whatever you're doing. Make sure you subscribe, follow the creative disruption and we'll see you on the next podcast.